From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so very much for joining in to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Guys, I want to encourage you to download our free PDF document for you to hear God, for you to prophesy. It's a five-day prophetic activation so that you can go do what Jesus did. We are a royal priesthood. We're a royal nation. We can all hear God. We can all prophesy to one another at the entry level of encouraging, comforting, and edifying. So in the podcast description, the podcast notes... I have the free downloadable PDF available for you. You could also purchase our entry-level prophecy e-course and go through some live, get some live coaching videos. We've got all kinds of resources available for you. I want to jump into today's interview. I've got my new friends, Marilyn Seiden and Robin Elizabeth Miller coming to this program. So it's, it's a special treat, which I'm so very excited about because Marilyn is... I'm going to read this bio. She's blessed with a wonderful family, four grown children, 12 beautiful, talented, godly grandchildren, and an amazing pastor husband. She's taught elementary school for years, and she's a Paul Harris fellow who spent some years as a volunteer in service to America. She's taught a number of classes, but she also just recently traveled the United States of America looking for common ground of healing that we as Americans can agree upon to see healing brought to this nation in this time of unrest. And Robin is a wife to an amazing Brit and a mother to a glorious brood of adopted biological and foster kids. She's a dual citizen of America and the UK, and she makes her home in the Pacific Northwest, where I originally came from. She's authored a number of different books, but I want you guys to welcome Marilyn and Robin to Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you guys for joining in and being my guests on Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you so much for having us, Jared. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. So Marilyn, I'd like to know, how did God challenge you or encourage you to go on this trip? And if you could, you could give us a little bit of background about yourself and then just mention what God did so that you could go travel the United States to find common ground of healing. Okay. That's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> I I think the thing that happened, I, I left a 
thing that I've been working with battered kids for about 37 years and realized that I don't think we're ever supposed to retire until we're six feet under. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that all of us know deep down that our country isn't doing well, hasn't been doing well for a while. We've grown divisive and kind of angry with each other. Everyone seems to be on the negative side. And it felt like I just had to know what people are really thinking. Are they are they mad? Are they, you know, have we turned into this thing that I hadn't seen since Vietnam days? During the Vietnam War, it was awful. Uh, we didn't know whether we should support our troops or we should get rid of them. We didn't, we didn't treat them terribly when they came home. And this feels like the same thing. So I just, I wanted to find out in traveling around the country, I'm a John Steinbeck fan. I reading Travels with Charlie was kind of a fun thing. And I thought, what if I repeated that? Would John Steinbeck have found things different if he had written the book in 2018 through 20 than he did in 1960? Uh, And so I left California and just started driving around and talking to people. The older you get, the easier it is to not care if you make a fool of yourself (laughs) because you already know you have. So I just talked to lots of people. And traveled about between four and five thousand miles, and talked to about maybe four hundred people about asking one question: What's one thing you could think of that would turn that would heal our country for the common good? And I got lots of really good answers from a lot of really neat people. No one said, "Lady, get away from me." No one said, mm-hmm. "Oh, what the heck?" Or, "I don't care." They all wanted to say something, and so that's. Then I met this wonderful lady named Robin, who who served as an encourager, who corrected horrible mistakes that I'd done in my writing and and prayed over every word that I tried to put down. And together we collaborated on this this book called Finding Common Ground. That's the background. So Robin, what was it? How did you and Marilyn meet and what drew you into being part of the story or capturing these stories? Um, we met. I'm I'm a a writing coach and a teacher as well as an author, and I'm also the president of Inspire Christian Writers. And as of this week, I'm also the director of a writing conference that will happen next year in March in Mount Hermon, California. Um, and so, on one of my uh, events, which was a, re- a writing retreat in Lake Tahoe, Marilyn was was one of the people who attended that. And I say to everybody I meet. Everyone needs a Marilyn in their life. Everyone needs somebody who uh, encourages and challenges and is a mother in the faith who can call out the best in you and say it like it is. I don't really work well with people who don't don't say the truth. And Marilyn does. Marilyn understands the importance of, of speaking truth. And so I fell in love with her. A couple of years into our relationship, we were talking at one of these retreats about this event or this um, project that she was working on. And we started to form because she had the trip and she had the, the concept and what she wanted to do. But but the form of her book needed a little bit of shaping. So we were talking about that. And eventually we got so connected. And I'm incredibly passionate about the the topic from my background as especially as a foster mom when we would get a a child who would be severely damaged the first thing you want to do is heal everything you want to just heal it all and it just rips your heart out to see a child in in physical pain and emotional pain and spiritual pain but the first thing that you need to do is meet the immediate needs 
And I feel like well, we haven't done that as a nation and as a church, we're not really reaching out and meeting the immediate needs of people so that we can then talk about the spiritual needs. And And I, I just feel like we're not getting an in to the nation. And I feel like what this project, what Finding Gr- Common Ground does is it reminds us that we are all supposed to be a part of the solution. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And we need to demonstrate love and listening and hope and reconciliation. And Marilyn's book was doing all that. So like I said, we kind of, I was coaching her and then I was doing some editing for her. And pretty soon we realized that we were collaborating on the project. And I'm very honored. This is a project of my heart as as well as an honor to be working with Marilyn. But it is just, it has been an incredible transformative process for me to be a part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So Marilyn's story captured me. I love to travel. uh, (laughs) And I know that there's um, a a few years difference between us. Just a few. (laughs) (laughs) But Marilyn, uh, I would love for you, you know, what did you find on your trip? You, You go on this road trip. What were some of the surprises along the way that you'd like to share? Oh, there were so many surprises. And one of the biggest surprises to me was that no one, not one person was uh, said, I'm not interested, or I don't care, or it's not my problem, or oh, the government will fix it. No one said the government will fix it. And everyone understands that if things are going to happen, and I believe our Christian community really understands that better than maybe anyone, that if it's going to, if there's going to be a fix, it's going to come from us. Mm-hmm. And uh, never, I don't know, I don't think Jesus ever talked about the trickle down theory or trickle up, no trickle down. I mean, <laughs> we have to do it. And that's what everyone said. So that was a surprise. The other thing that surprised me afterward, and I think Robin reminds me of this, is I learned how to listen. I thought I was a pretty good listener working with battered kids for so many years, but really wasn't. I was trying to be helpful, but often trying to find the solution myself and just going on the trip and closing my mouth, asking the question and then getting permission to take notes and then just listen. And people came up with some wonderful ideas and, and even those that had no ideas were willing to say, you know, I don't know what, what can we do? I just don't know. But if anyone has a hint I'm there. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm willing to go to work. And I guess the other thing is the number of really small things people are doing. It doesn't have to be this grandiose, gigantic Mm. thing. It's in the little things, which is why I think so many times over the trip, uh, that wonderful Matthew 25 that speaks of, of, um, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, um, speaks to a lot of us that it's in those little things, you know, we don't, to the guy who's hungry, he doesn't want to hear, I'll pray for you. Or why don't you come to church next Sunday? Or, you know, he wants, he wants some hands on things. So that surprised me. And then the number of just joyful people that were just bubbling over with excitement to do something, realizing that we've got ourselves in a big of a bit of a hole, haven't we? But we don't have to stay there. Right. We don't have to stay there. So uh, Robin, as, as you've been, you helped put these stories to paper and publish them. Uh, yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen? Well, let me backtrack a little bit. I agree with you guys. We, it seems like there's a lot more issues rather than solutions. I think there's been a media thing where it seems like there's almost like 
two Americas right now, that there's a separation mm. between parties, that they can no longer work together, uh, this force-fed system politically, when I think there needs to be more options, more solutions. And I believe you're mm. right, Marilyn, that, that the church, the Church of Jesus Christ, we are the solution. But we also need to step into that. We need to be a little more courageous than we are right now, where too many people are hiding. Mm. And just anyway, Robin, when it comes to some of these things, how do you see that Americans can be united in a way, even if they have different mm. ideological views, theological views, yeah. political views, what can they do together? That's a great question. One of the things I think that that Satan uses as a tool is obviously he's the father of lies. And I think a lot of the media um, coverage that we are a completely divided nation is actually a lie. And Marilyn has uncovered that. She talked to people from all walks of life, all faith backgrounds, no faith background. And the the unity that was there to do something for a country that they love was actually there. So for for the church, I think the thing that we really need to think about is we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we are to step boldly into um, the gap to to help be the the peacemakers and and the healers and the helpers and if we if we view it as a we're the only one walking into that space it's scary it's totally scary but that's a lie from satan we we've discovered that that is a complete falsehood there's a million people doing something there's a million people who want to do something if they knew what to do but the most interesting that i thing that i i found was in reading through all of this and talking through and also doing my own research and and um experiencing some of these kind of people doing things as well is that when there's a difference of opinion whether it's a super strong very volatile issue gun control or you know whatever it is big big ticket items if you stop yelling at each other and you ask the why that they believe that you need to be Dem democrat or republican or whatever most of the time those actual reasons down underneath the decision are actually very similar we want the same things as as a mother I want safety for my kids, good education. I want you know, good opportunities. I want a, a place that we can be in community wherever we live, all of those things. I may think that that's achieved in a different way than you do, but, well, I hope I don't, but if I did with somebody that was completely different, we could just argue about the way to do it without actually finding out the heart of the person. What Marilyn did is she found out the heart of the nation and on the, the main issues, all those family issues, all those relationship issues, all those issues of respect and care and loving and being listened to. I think that that was something Marilyn really, really strongly highlighted, how much people want to be listened to. If we start doing that instead of just yell or social media, you know, shout at people, then I think that we will find that we are not actually as divided as we think we are. And that from that place, the church should be able to connect beautifully with people and start some real healing. I'm Rochelle Lasky, co-founder of Fireborn Ministries. And recently, many of you have been asking how you can partner with our ministry through giving. I want to share with you something God has laid on my heart over the last few years. I've had vivid dreams in which sex trafficking victims are rescued, 
rehabilitated, and they encountered Jesus. My husband Jared and I knew these leadings were from the Lord, but we didn't know what our part was in the solution until recently. Fireborn has just created a brand new partnership, and we are raising funds to rescue victims of sex trafficking in Honduras and in the United States. If you would like to partner with us or give a donation of any amount, 100% of funds go straight to these life-changing endeavors. You can go to paypal.me forward slash Fireborn Ministries and give directly toward rescuing sex trafficking victims. Or go to our website, firebornministries.com and click on give to see other worthy projects we are supporting. Thank you so much for praying for us and partnering with Fireborn Ministries. I'm in full agreement with you there. And Marilyn had mentioned about the times of the 1960s. I think all three of Mm -hmm. us can agree, you know, this is the first time I've seen such volatile times in my life, you know, Um, and I've I've been a participant as a veteran now, as a a war veteran, even as a contractor, uh, but trying to offer solutions in Jesus, you know, uh, but also knowing we can't solve the issues online. The everything posted online is taken out of context. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be real honest with you, ladies, please. Um, okay. I'm a public figure in some sense. Uh, I have settings on my my accounts so that some people can see only certain friends could look in on my pictures, but other people can read my articles or on my podcast posts or things like that. But there are people who it doesn't matter what I post. There are going to be haters. There are going to be people who don't understand why I posted because what I see from my experience, our nation is in trouble and I'm a warrior, but I'm also a warrior for Jesus. So I I see things differently as a veteran. I see political propaganda, all this stuff that is taking place. But I know that Jesus is the solution. He's the glue that could hold it all together. But the church also needs to come together. Marilyn, in her story, she's got some insight to um, visiting a particular church. Uh, And I'll just say that Westboro Baptist, Marilyn, could you share what God did when you went there? Sure. Well, I, I had certainly read a lot about the church and, um, and how lots of Christian churches, when they went to picket funerals of soldiers, church members would form double circles so that they couldn't get into the grieving family and the church. And and I just had to see it for myself. So it's in a modest neighborhood in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, pristine, a church anybody would have said, ooh, I'd like to go to this church. It just looks, you know, perfect lawn. The upside down flag was a little bit uh, the first hint. And then the big sign that stretched from one end of the church to the other that said, God hates fags.com. And I, that just stunned me. Um, first, I felt angry, then I felt hurt, and then I felt just deep sadness. And then right across, and a lot of other scriptures all speaking to this issue of homosexuality. And right across the street was the Rainbow House, which is a, a house that was, I'm sure, put there to kind of get under the skin of the Westboro Baptist Church, painted in rainbow colors and brown lawn, a big vegetable patch that had no life because someone had forgotten to water the plants that were there. So everything was dead, even though the sign says, take whatever you want. And um, the crazy thing that I saw with those two church, with those two buildings, the Rainbow House and the Westboro Baptist Church, 
Although they looked very differently, both of them were locked up tighter than a drum, couldn't get into either one of them. And it just left me feeling, you know, here I was going to come and be the savior of the world and get the two sides talking to each other and deciding that they have a lot of common ground and let's wasn't going to happen. And then I went back the next day just to take one more look. They were both still locked up and uh, saw some people inside the rainbow um, house, but they didn't come and welcome me. They left the door locked, even though I knocked. And um, I understand that maybe they had been threatened or they were all sick, or I don't know what their circumstances were. And then a guy came onto the grounds with his three exuberant children ready to join another bunch of dads who were taking their kids on an outing. This one went to the, uh, let's see, Wizard of Oz Museum. And we were talking and I asked him the question about finding common ground. He said, you know, I'm a Catholic. And I only question I can think of is I wonder which lawn Jesus would be sitting on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that just stunned me again. Where would Jesus? And I realized, okay, probably they both need Jesus. Some fears. <laughs> They need him to sit down and, and talk some sense into both sides. But it just was very, very, very sad. And I guess I ended that chapter. I'm a Dr. Seuss fan, although I understand that it's not as politically correct as it used to be. Right. But he has this wonderful story about the North going Zacks and the South going Zacks. And they meet toe to toe, face to face, and neither one will step aside. And it felt like um, that's kind of where our country has gotten and certainly where Rainbow House and Westford Baptist Church that's probably more than you wanted to hear, but it, it <laughs> of all the stories, that one probably affected me more than any, just because it felt so sad. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, uh, my savior is grieving over the plight of those two divided houses. I just yeah. think he, he wants to find, I think, you know, we all need to do something. And uh, it just felt sad. Yes. Yeah, so that really stuck out to me it's kind of like a prophetic picture of what is currently visible today or what is seemingly visible today with a divided America. But we want to bring healing to this nation and love. And you're right. It's the love of Jesus that will, will bring the solutions. I've got a question for Robin. So we live in these times that uh, a lot of people are living in fear. Yes. Uh, but the church you know, we should be filled by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. And we should be able to overcome our differences. But people tend to be looking at faults. They're looking for faults in people. Mm -hmm. There's a guy on Jeopardy, okay, who goes on to Jeopardy and he just says he's been on three times. Okay. He does this hand signal and people are like, Oh my gosh, he's a white supremacist. And we know that's not true, but like people are overly sensitive. I think people need to mm. get a little tougher skin. Quite honestly, we, I've yeah. been through two wars. I've been to two wars. I've been, you know, good life has got ups and downs and things like that, but we need to charge through and help yeah. serve one another and overcome. But I'd love for Robin, for you to share a few things of what you think Americans can do together to shine brighter as a nation. I think, I think, well, first of all, thank you for your service. I, I've been wanting to say that for a minute. I, I, I just super appreciate the fact that when Marilyn was, was going around her, her kind of remit was to just listen because I, I unless you can't tell yet, Marilyn has opinions. 
and I have opinions and we're happy to share them with you on any subject. We're both, we're both that kind of person. But what was important here was to listen and to really not guide anybody into uh, an opinion or a feeling or, or whatever. And I think as a nation, that, that is probably the biggest takeaway. When you listen to somebody, there was one person that she spoke to who was a father at a mosque. And that was a particularly moving story for me because she went everywhere. When she said, a lot of people say, I'm going to go ask questions and they go ask pe people exactly like them, the same gender, the same color, the same age, the same everything. And Marilyn didn't. Marilyn asked anybody who would talk to her. And I think that that's important because this is a national issue. And one of the things he said is, let me tell you something about my family and my daughter and my son. And afterwards he said, and don't you feel better knowing that about me? And she said, well, yes, yes, I do. And I think we forget that when we're in this shouting kind of era, I don't know how we got here, but we're shouting what we believe at people and we're not listening. We're not, we're not receiving information. And because of that, we're not building community. We're not, we're, we see our, our kids with their phones out while they're with their friends, but they're not with their friends because they're texting people. We're not building community. We're not relating to people. And if we know and love someone, then we can do what First Corinthians 13 says. We can hope all things. We can believe that people you know, want to do the right thing and we can come alongside them. And maybe in loving them and talking to them and listening to them, we'll earn their respect. So when there's a divisive issue or there's something that the church has an answer for, but they, you know, they're struggling with, then they'll come to us until we listen. And until we accept as Jesus did, Jesus did not accept sin, but he accepted humans in the goal of winning them toward the truth. And we, I, I believe that we've got to do that as a nation, especially as a church, we've got to listen to people. We've got to be in relationship with people and we've got to earn the respect of people by our lives. How can we earn? We have so many even Christian leaders now who are shouting and you are telling everybody that, you know, you're wrong instead of saying, why do you believe the way that you do? Uh, help me to understand that because there's common ground under there. And if we can get to that point at the very least, at the very least, we'll have civil dis discourse. We'll have, we'll have reconciliation in that way. Not necessarily will we agree, but we will have reconciliation in that way. But it starts with listening. People need to feel heard. People want to feel heard. And I think that Jesus listened. Jesus was available to people and met them where they were without the first thing he said is you're in the wrong. And that's, I think we've taken that posture as a nation. You're in the wrong. I'm in the right. Let me yell about it. Right. That is the truth. So Marilyn, we've only got a few more minutes left, but I would love for you to share one story that was not in the book, Finding Common Ground. Ooh, let me think. <laughs> there were there were a few and I haven't I haven't that takes me aback to think about it. Well, somewhere in I think it was Utah, and I was very much aware that um as you get closer to big suburban areas, the drivers get crazy. You know, country drivers sort of just meander and they kind of, you know, take care of each other. But it was kind of crazy and I I must have looked confused. That's a wonderful part about being older is you look confused and everybody says, oh, we need to help her because she looks confused. So I had pulled off the freeway and had had and, and some guy saw me and he and actually he came up to me and said, are you OK? And and it took me aback because I thought, 
okay, did he follow me off the freeway? Is this going to be one of those guys that my kids warned me about not to talk to? But he was just a genuine guy who had genuine concern. And I think our country is filled with those people. Mm. And I think the Christian community, and, and he wasn't the only one that did that. I got a glass of water from someone who said, you look like you're thirsty. And I think our country is filled with those of us that want to say more than, oh, just turn your life over to Jesus. And yes, that's true. Do turn your life over to Jesus, but then become the hands and feet of Jesus, which means we can't just say, well, I'm saved. Pull the ladder up, Jack, I'm aboard. We have to come to the place of saying, okay, maybe I will be the healer, not the $2 trillion, $4 trillion, $6 trillion expenditures that are going back in Washington, D.C. And many of them, I think, are, are badly needed, but it's me with my $50 budget for the week or whatever it is that can say, I can walk next to that guy who looks hungry and can say, um, can I buy you lunch right. in a safe way? Don't do it in a, in a way that isn't safe. But I think that if the Christian community would decide that Jesus came not to save the high mucky mucks, but he came to save the lost, the least, the last, and the left behind. And that's me. And probably that's even you, Jared, <laughs> although you don't seem that, but at some time in your life, you were lost, weren't you? I just think it's our job to really decide that that's what we're going to do. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. I love it. <laughs> so it would be an honor to have the two of you pray this out, this podcast. I believe in impartation and activation. So I believe that there's power in prayer through prayer. So I would love for you both to pray us out. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an honor to have you here, Marilyn and Robin. Thank you so very Thank much. You. So please, I guess, Marilyn, if you could o open us in prayer and then Robin, you could close it. It'd be awesome. Love to. Thank you so much, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Oh, Jesus. The job is huge and we're lost and sometimes we don't know what to do, but we pray corporately and individually that you would shine the light on the path you want us to take. And then nudge us, sometimes walk in front of us and next to us and behind us to nudge us toward what you would have us to do. Um, you are the one that's in charge and we, we love you for it and just help us to move. Thank you. Yes, Lord. We just, we just ask, Father, that you would come against the lies that Satan would have us believe that we are a nation completely divided, irrecoverably broken and there is no hope because you are the hope, Father. And we just pray that into the church and those listening, Father, that they would grab hold of that. Grab hold that you are the one who is ordaining our steps and that none of this is a surprise to you. You've gone here. You've gone before us. You know what's there. And you're calling us to be a part of healing this nation that, that you have given us to live in and be commun in community. We ask, Father, that you would just bind the lies of Satan, that you would come against the fear that we are too small, too in insignificant. We have no resources to be able to be a part of the solution. Lord, that you would just help confirm our identity in you. Yeah. Lord, I feel like there's a real sense of lack of identity in the church right now. We don't know whose we are. And so I claim that for everyone listening. And I ask, Father, that you would just renew that sense of of heir to the, the kingdom that we are, that we can stand in your power and in your purpose, 
Lord, and that you've given us every single tool we need to step out into our homes and into our neighborhoods and communities and into the world if we're called to a larger uh, purpose. Father, you've given us everything that we need, but we're not supposed to be worried about those results. And I know that so many of us are. We're just called to be obedient to whatever step you have in front of us. And I ask now that you would make everyone here who is listening just be brave enough to listen to you for that next step and then to take it in Jesus name. Amen. If you're watching, if you're listening into this, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus and bring healing to this nation. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, Robin, for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. I do want to encourage everybody, get a copy of Finding Common Ground by Marilyn and Robin, my guests, my very special guests on Adventures in the Spirit. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.